Chapter forty six of In New England Fields and Woods. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. In New England Fields and Woods by Roland E. Robinson. The Varying Hare. It is wonderful that with such a host of enemies to maintain himself against, the varying hare may still be counted as one of our familiar acquaintances. Except in the depths of the great wilderness, he has no longer to fear the wolf, the wolverine, the panther, and the lesser philidae. But where the younger woodlands have become his congenial home, they are also the home of a multitude of relentless enemies. The hawk, whose keen eyes pierce the leafy roof of the woods, wheels above him as he crouches in his form. When he goes abroad under the moon and stars, the terrible shadow of the horned owl falls upon his path, and the fox lurks beside it to waylay him, and the clumsy raccoon waddling home from a cornfield revel may blunder upon the timid wayfarer. But of all his enemies, none is more inveterate than man, though he is not, as are the others, impelled by necessity, but only by that savagery, the survival of barbarism, which we dignify by the name of the sporting instinct. Against them all, how slight seem the defenses of such a weak and timid creature. Yet impartial nature, having compassed him about with foes, has shod his feet with swiftness and silence, and clad his body with an almost invisible garment. The vagrant zephyrs touch the fallen leaves more noisily than his soft pads press them. The first snow that whitens the fading gorgeousness of the forest carpet falls scarcely more silently. Among the tender greens of early summer and the darker verdure of midsummer, the hare's brown form is as inconspicuous as a tuft of last year's leaves, and set in the brilliancy of autumnal tints, or the russet hue of their decay, it still eludes the eye. Then winter clothes him in her own whiteness, so he may sit unseen upon her lap. When he has donned his winter suit too early and his white coat is dangerously conspicuous on the brown leaves, and among the misty gray of naked undergrowth, he permits your near approach as confidently as if he were a color with his surroundings. Is he not aware that his spotless raiment betrays him, or does he trust that he may be mistaken for a white stone, or a scroll of bark sloughed from a white birch? That would hardly save him from the keener-sensed birds and beasts of prey, but may fool your dull eyes. In summer wanderings in the woods you rarely catch sight of him, though coming upon many faintly traced paths where he and his wife and their brown babies make their nightly way among the firs. Nor are you often favored with a sight of him in more frequent autumnal tramps, unless when he is fleeing before the hounds whose voices guide you to a point of observation. He has now no eyes nor ears for anything but the terrible clamor that pursues him wherever he turns, however he doubles. If a shot brings him down and does not kill him, you will hear a cry so piteous that it will spoil your pleasant dreams of sport for many a night. After a snowfall, a single hare will on one night make such a multitude of tracks as will persuade you that a dozen have been abroad. Perhaps the trail is so intricately tangled with the purpose of misleading pursuit. Perhaps it is but the record of saunterings as idle as your own. And thus you wander through the pearl-enameled arches. Your roving glances are arrested by a rounded form which, as white and motionless as everything around it, yet seems in some way not so lifeless. 
you note that the broad footprints end there and then become aware of two wide bright eyes unblinkingly regarding you from the fluffy tuft of whiteness how perfectly assured he is of its invisibility and if he had but closed his bright eyes you might not guess that he was anything but a snow-covered clump of moss how still and breathless he sits till you almost touch him and then the white clod suddenly flashes into life and impetuous motion bounding away in a halo of feathery flakes as if he himself were dissolving into white vapour happy he if he might so elude all foes but alas for him if the swift-winged owl had been as close above him or the agile fox within leap then instead of this glimpse of beautiful wild life to treasure in your memory you would only have read the story of a brief tragedy briefly written with a smirch of blood and a tuft of rumpled fur End of chapter 46